If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Micah chapter 6 and put your finger there and also turn to 2 Kings chapter 22. But we've been talking about in this series, Pastor John, the last two weeks, talked about acting justly and loving mercy. And this week we are going to be looking at walking humbly. And look, everybody acts, everybody loves, everybody walks. But it's how we act and what we love and how we walk that matters to God. That is what God is looking for. Uh, a little background to Second Kings 22. The king that is referred to is King Josiah. Uh, some of you are familiar with King Josiah. He was the boy king. He became king when he was only eight years old. And he would bring the law of God back to the people of Judah. He was one of the few good kings for the kingdom of Judah. Uh, we've asked uh, Bob Forrester to be our scripture reader this morning. Bob, as you make your way on up to the podium, I'm going to ask everyone else to please stand if you're able and face the center of the room. And we stand because we believe this is the word of God. And so, Bob, whenever you're ready, please read from Micah chapter 6 and 2 Kings chapter 22. Micah 6, 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. 2 Kings 22, 15 through 20. She said to them, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the man who sent you to me, this is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this place and its people, according to everything written in the book the king of Judah has read, because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made. My anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the words you heard because your heart was responsive and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people that they would become a curse and be laid waste and because you tore your robes and wept in my presence I also have heard you declares the Lord therefore I will gather you to your to your ancestors and you will be buried in peace your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place so they took her answer back to the king. Bob, thank you very much. You may be seated. When I was about 10 years old, I uh, started collecting football carts. Uh, it was the 1981 NFL football season that I was collecting cards for. And my goal was to collect every card from the 1981 NFL season. Now, back then, when you were buying cards, you had to buy them in packs of like 20 uh, cards, and then you had to match your cards with a checklist to make sure you knew which ones you still needed. And that year, there were over 500 football cards for me to collect, and I wanted to get all of them. Uh, the cards came with a stick of gum that was like chewing cardboard with chalk pasted on it, um, uh, but I paid for it, so of course I chewed every piece, um, and there's probably some chemical in that gum that stunted my growth, lowered my IQ, all that good stuff, but I collected the whole set. I got all, there's like 525 cards. I got the whole set. However, over the years, I've completely lost track of where those cards are. It's gone. I have no idea where my 1981 NFL football collection of cards 
is. And over the years, I've tried not to think about that because I've often wondered, what are those cards worth that I just kind of let disappear? And, um, you know, who knows? Maybe I could have helped my kids with some college funds or bought a car. I don't know what those things are worth. And so I really didn't want to know. But I looked it up this last week. Um, so for those of you who appreciate who Joe Montana is, Joe Montana won four Super Bowls with the 49ers in 1981. He won his very first Super Bowl. So I have Joe Montana's card the year, or I had Joe Montana's card the year that he won his very first Super Bowl. I went online, looked it up what it's worth. You want to know what it's worth? 79 cents. (laughs) The most valuable card from that collection. Some of you know who Lawrence Taylor is. That was Lawrence Taylor's rookie year. I had Lawrence Taylor's rookie card. That card is easily the most valuable card from that year. It's worth 80 bucks. Help my kids through college? 80 bucks doesn't even buy you a book. Um, buy a car? That doesn't even get me a tire, all right? Uh, it's all about what you value. And so I am no longer that disappointed about not having any of those cards because they're not worth that much. I'm doing okay now. Um, No one really values 1981 NFL cards anymore. Things like acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly. I'm not sure how much those things are valued today either, but God values them. You see, humility is highly regarded by God. The people of Judah, in the passage, they've been unfaithful to God. And God is sort of at his breaking point. He has had enough. And so if you look back in 2 Kings 22, if you look at verses 16 and 17, it says, this is what the Lord says, I'm going to bring disaster on this place and its people according to everything written in the book the king of Judah has read. Because they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods and aroused my anger by all the idols their hands have made. My anger will burn against this place and will not be quenched. Forsaking God, worshiping other gods, making idols. If you lived in the time of 2 Kings 22 and you wanted to make God mad, those are the three things to do. For God, these are the three worst things you could possibly do. That's as bad as it would get for him. And so God is going to bring disaster on the land. But Josiah does something that makes God pause. In verses 19 and 20, it says, Because your heart was responsive, and you humbled yourself, Before the Lord, when you heard what I had spoken against this place and its people, your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring. God is about as mad as God can get. He is ready to bring destruction on his people. But Josiah humbles himself before God. And God responds, you, Josiah, because you humbled yourself, will not see this disaster. Humility is highly regarded by God. Over and over and over again in the Bible, it says things like, You save the humble, but bring low those whose eyes are haughty. The Lord sustains the humble, but casts the wicked to the ground. For the Lord takes delight in his people. He crowns the humble with victory. 
These are the ones I look on with favor, those who are humble and contrite in spirit and who tremble at my word. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will lift you up. Jesus tells a parable in Luke chapter 18, uh, verses 9 to 14, and it says this. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, robbers and evildoers and adulterers or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but he beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Now, if we tried to capture Jesus' point of this parable it, with a simple cartoon caption, I think it would look something like this. You are a believer, yes, but you skipped the not being a jerk about it part. <laughs> that, folks, is really, really true. I think that's what Jesus is saying here. The Pharisee believed all the right stuff. And he did all the right things. But he was arrogant. The tax collector had things in his life that he needed to fix. But he was humble. Look, having the right theology matters. It matters. And there are people in the Magic Valley in our community who believe different from us. And so obviously we think that we are right and they are wrong. But God doesn't want us to be arrogant about it. Having the right morals and values matter. And there are people in the Magic Valley who do not share our values. And we want to stand up for the right morals, for the right values. But God doesn't want us to be arrogant about it. If we have the right theology and the right morals and are arrogant, God is not pleased with us. Even though we are not perfect... If in humility we are following Jesus as best as we can, trusting in his grace when we mess up, God is pleased. Humility is highly regarded by God. But humility, it also, it responds to God. Paying humility lip service, it really doesn't mean much. We can say we are humble, we can talk about how important humility is. But humility is something that is very apparent. It's something that comes from the inside, but it's quite visible on the outside. If you go back to 2 Kings 22, verse 19. Because your heart was responsive, and you humbled yourself before the Lord when you heard what I have spoken against this place and its people, and because... You tore your robes and wept in my presence. Josiah's heart was responsive. He humbled himself. How did God know that? Because he tore his robes and wept in his presence. 
In the time of 2 Kings 22, tearing your robes is what you did when you grieved. And just like when someone we love, when they deep, someone we love deeply and they die, and it breaks us, it's something everyone can see, how broken we are. Well, likewise, humility is something you can see. You know, sometimes as I get to know people, I meet a lot of new people all the time, and sometimes as I get to know people, it can take me a while before I really get a read on them, you know, what kind of character traits they have and who are these people. But, you know, one thing I can tell really quickly is arrogance. I can have a 10-minute conversation with someone, and if they are arrogant, I know it in 10 minutes or less. And humility, or the lack of it, is something you can see. Now, let's be clear. Um, Humility isn't pretending that you're not gifted or talented or you don't bring things to the table that are valuable. But as Pastor Rick Warren says, humility is not denying your strengths, but being honest about your weaknesses. If you can't identify your strengths, quite honestly, that makes me sad. That saddens me. And I want to help you. Because humility isn't the same thing as low self-esteem. But if you can't identify your weaknesses, quite honestly, that scares me. And I'm not sure I can help you. Because you can't get help until you admit there's a problem. Can you be honest about your weaknesses? That's what Josiah did. That's what the tax collector in the parable did. One of my favorite sayings, and I'm not even sure why I picked it up, but I find myself saying it quite often, I reserve the right to be wrong. I reserve the right to be wrong. I'm really, really good at being wrong, okay? Humility begins with admitting when you're wrong. And if you're honest about your weaknesses, it changes how you act. Now, I'm going to do the best that I can and try my hardest to do what is right. But sometimes, God, through his word, through other people, through circumstances, God will show me that I am not right. And then I have to put humility into practice and be willing to respond. And I don't know how it is for you, but for me, every time it's painful. It hurts. And God will call me to do something that I'm not sure about, that I want to do that. Again, Scripture says, God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. You want one good test to know whether or not you're proud or humble? If there is something that you feel God wants you to do that you feel is beneath you, you probably think too highly of yourself. Humility, it responds to God. And how did Jesus demonstrate humility? As Philippians 2 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Humility responds to God. But humility, it's also a source of rest. Arrogance is exhausting. (laughs) When I feel like I always have to be right, it's exhausting. When I'm around someone who always has to be right, 
It's exhausting. Okay, arrogance, it's just exhausting. Humility, though, can give us a sense of peace. Back to 2 Kings 22. Therefore, I will gather you to your ancestors, and you will be buried in peace. Your eyes will not see all the disaster I am going to bring on this place. Josiah humbles himself before God, and God says, I will give you peace. Look, humility means you do not have to be the best. And humility means you do not have to to have all the answers all the time. And humility doesn't, also means you don't always have to be right. And humility means you don't always have to get your way. And there's something nice about that. If we can get past the pride part, there is great peace in that. You don't have to be the best. You just have to try as best as you can. As Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon, me, uh, take your, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's hard to be God without all the equipment, folks. We are not the saviors of the world. Jesus is the savior of the world. We are his witnesses. You know, there's a phrase we often use. It says when we tell people, lighten up. Hey, lighten up. And what do we mean by that when we tell someone to lighten up? In essence, we're saying, don't take yourself so seriously. Now, I'm not saying don't take pride in your work. There are things in this world that need to be addressed. There are serious problems that need to be treated seriously. But none of that means that we have to take ourselves too seriously. Lighten up. We are not the saviors. We are not God. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Humble people are people who can rest. And they understand, rest for your souls. We are Jesus' witnesses. Please pray with me. And Lord, we are so grateful that you are a God who values humility. Lord, we live in a time where Humility doesn't seem to be valued at all. And so, Lord, we thank you that you still do. And, Lord, we thank you for Jesus who demonstrated humility to us. And, Lord, we ask that that you'd give each of us hearts, that wherever we go, that we would act justly, that we would love mercy, but that, Lord, we would walk humbly and that people would be able to see and experience your love through us. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Receive God's blessing. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.